Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Commission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact both the missionary and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me today is Stephen Madoff. Well, good afternoon, Tony. It's good to be with you again as we record this. As we get into this podcast episode, I have to give a disclaimer. I am going to feel like I am totally out of my element. <laughs> that is unusual. Uh, yes. <laughs> we are going to be covering something that is really a foundational uh, truth for missionaries who go to the foreign field, mm-hmm. where they're going to places that speak a different language. Mm. The idea of learning that new language. Mm-hmm. Now, I will readily admit I never had to learn a language. I went to an English-speaking country in Australia. Don't and, speak Australian. <laughs> it's amazing how many people actually ask that. <laughs> now, I could pull out some cool terms and slang words that Aussies <laughs> would say, but it was all foundational English. Mm-hmm. And I will also readily admit I am a disappointment to language teachers everywhere because my mom is full-blooded mm-hmm. Hispanic and speaks fluent Spanish. My dad was born and raised in Germany, speaks fluent German. They tried to pass it on to little Stevie growing (laughs) up, but all I could speak is English. And that's questionable. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yes, absolutely. But the topic is a very important topic because language learning, when you get to the foreign field, is something that is so important for for the life of a missionary on the ground. Absolutely. It, it's it's a key to success mm-hmm. to what they're going to do, or really could be a key to failure. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. just going to talk about some of the things. Now, you, sir, are the expert in the room here. Uh, that's only because there's two of us. <laughs> <laughs> but why don't you share what just kind of your experience, and then we'll talk about some of these things. Yeah. Um, well, what you said about it being a key is absolutely true. If you're going to minister in a in a place where the people speak another language, you really do need to learn that language if you're going to connect with the people. I know that people will say, well, I can use a translator for a little bit, uh, but if you're going to make connections and relationships that are required to be effective in ministry, you are going to have to learn that language. Here's the 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 bad news right up front there's no easy way to learn the language mm. there are different ideas about how to learn language and different approaches but the truth is to learn language a foreign language and to learn it correctly there really is no easy way there's there is a tremendous amount of work involved and you've just got to put your mind to it and your and settle that just think uh You've got the the greatest truth in all the world. You're in a country that doesn't uh, most people don't possess that, and y- unless you learn the language, you can't give it to them. Yeah. And so you really have to put your mind to learning the language. It is more taxing than maybe a lot of people would even expect it to be. I had the privilege of uh, attending language school with a uh, a language teacher and her husband, who are BIMI missionaries, and really. I say this consistently. My language teacher was the single best teacher I ever sat under in my entire life. Mm. But she was exceptionally difficult in the sense of uh, what she required and the 
level of perfection she wanted you to attain. I can remember days sitting in class working on one sound for hours and hours just to try to get it right. When we got to language school, she wanted to, I think, encourage us. (laughs) And she brings out all these studies (laughs) and all these papers and says, hey, here is what you can expect in language school and maybe some of what you're going to expect in the in the weeks and the months and year um, to come. We had a 24-month uh, course. We had special circumstances that really required us to do that, and we went through 22 months worth of course study in 11 months. So it was exceptionally oh, well. taxing wow. on my brain. The studies that she brought out were, were showed that when an adult learns a foreign language, their brain, medical studies show that their brain reacts to learning that foreign language very much like somebody who is recovering from a stroke. Mm. I say, wow, that was encouraging. Well, it does help you understand why at the end of the day you are so fatigued. You think, I could work physically. I could chop wood for all this time. I wouldn't be this tired. And yet I come home from language school and I'm just beyond myself. I've, I've talked to missionaries. Obviously, the missionaries in Southeast Asia, they're learning various languages. Mm-hmm. And I, that very sentiment has been shared mm-hmm. as far as they, their mind hurts, their brain yeah. hurts mm-hmm. because of all the work that it is in trying to process from one language to another, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, as you're really, it's a your mind is completely working overtime to try mm-hmm. to get everything communicated yeah. the right way. Mm-hmm. So I, I have heard I have heard that very much. So and I, and I actually think that that's something that a lot of folks don't understand. I, I will readily admit I did not understand that until really working with missionaries. And again, mm-hmm. I didn't have to learn a language where I was at. But in talking with many missionaries, and they come home from language school and they're mm-hmm. dead tired and. And all they've been doing is working yeah. on consonants and vowels or yeah. something like that. Yep. And then especially as you accelerate up in your in your knowledge and, and proficiency of it. So I think that's definitely a thing. You know, one thing I know, we live in a day and age of lots of resources. We, I mean, we are mm-hmm. blessed in today's time for resources. And so some folks think, I'll get a head start on <laughs> language learning because mm-hmm. I'll get something like yeah. Rosetta Stone mm-hmm. or or I'll go and get one of those like, 12 DVDs that will teach me how Mm. to speak, communicate in this language Mm -hmm. of of whatever place they're going, Spanish, Mm -hmm. French, or anything. Mm -hmm. What do you you think about that? Is that something that's good? Is it something that's maybe not so good? Yeah. um, Well, we do live in a day and age where technology has advanced from when I went to language school over 20 years ago. But just the same, I I would not encourage people to do the the computer learning with a with a computer program with an app Rosetta Stone whatever it is because it's not going to be as skilled as the human ear at hearing you make mistakes as you pronounce your words you need that human teacher who can hear those mistakes because here's the thing that people don't understand you don't have the ability as you're learning the language, to hear yourself say it wrong. And the proof of that is we meet people in the United States all the time who are learning English, and they don't realize that they're— if if they realize they were saying it wrong, 
they would correct it. Yes. And so you just don't have that ability to realize you, your brain, you're telling yourself, I'm saying this right. But if you were to uh, maybe record yourself and go back and listen, you would realize at that point, I'm saying it wrong. Uh, the problem is at that point, you don't know how to necessarily get it right as a, unless you have a live teacher who says, here's how, how to do that. And, and so it's really important to to wait until you can be with that teacher. I know right now, um, for example, we've got uh, missionaries heading to Greenland. They've got a double whammy. They've got to learn two languages to minister mm. in Greenland. And they were s- supposed to be in Denmark right now. I really discouraged them from doing the Rosetta Stone stuff. But they are doing online virtual language classes, but with a live teacher. And yep. so there's a major difference between that and, and using an app. Yeah, I, I would think also in, in a lot of languages are also very tonal languages. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know Thailand, mm-hmm. you you have certain tones. Mm-hmm. Africa, they have a lot of tones. And so to make sure that you're getting that right tone, do you mm-hmm. go up in that tone or you go down in the tone? And mm-hmm. it could be a whole different word based on which yeah. way you're going. Mm-hmm. And if you're just using an app or a program, you you may think you're getting it right, mm. but really you're saying the wrong word. But in, the more you practice it, you're going to get that m- kind of muscle memory mm-hmm. of saying the word this Absolutely. way, putting your tongue in that right. Then, well, what the wrong you think <laughs> what you think is the right way, but it yeah. may be the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so you get you formulate that as as the norm, and then mm-hmm. you get overseas, get to where you're going, and next yeah. thing you know. You're saying the wrong word. I, yeah. I would definitely say, you know, those those programs, and I've used some of them before, they're great if you're going to go on short-term tourism sure. things. Couple weeks. Hey, I need to know how to, where's the restaurant? How, where do I find the, the, the souvenir shop? And how do you hail a taxi? All those mm-hmm. things, that's fine. They That'll get you from point A to point B. But if you're living mm-hmm. on the ground and it's mm-hmm. going to be your vocational ministry there permanently, mm-hmm. then you, you really want to do it right. You do. And, and you... you uh, I think sometimes, sometimes what we we don't um, maybe consider in language training is everybody says language training and they automatically think I need to speak the language. But as those who are going to minister in the gospel, you need to be able to speak the language correctly mm. and in a way that is not offensive to people. By the way, when you take the time, those who you do make those connections with will appreciate that you have done that because they realize, well, they really went through a lot of work just to be able to give me the gospel. But not only speak, but you're going to have to be able to read proficiently and you're going to have to be able to write proficiently as well. Those aren't always the same thing. And and what I mean by that is, for example, the manner in which the Bible is written in French is not the manner in which you would speak it out loud in French. And so uh, there's some some uh, past tenses that we would not even speak out loud. In fact, sometimes you're you're reading something on the page and saying something different out loud. Mm. Um, and so you're you're going through those mental gymnastics. I want to back up just for a second. Most missionaries are going through this language training, and the difficulty of that are going through culture shock all at the same time. Yes. And yeah. so so it really is a very taxing time for missionaries. And if you try to get ahead of yourself and you do the Rosetta Stone or something, I, I have a, a personal example I can, I can give. My wife's first language was French. 
when she went to kindergarten here in the States, she was born here in the United States, but her her mom's from French-speaking Canada, her dad's from northern Maine. They spoke French in the home. When she went to kindergarten, she spoke French. We thought when we went to language school, she was going to be light years ahead. It was going to be great. What we found out was she spoke a form of French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she would readily call it today franglais, half French, half English. It was far more difficult for my wife in language school than it was for, for myself for, the reason, for this simple reason. I was learning for the first time. She had to relearn and retrain her mind on all those things that she had been taught wrong or learned wrong along the yeah. way. And so I would say for those who are really wanting to get the head start, you know, just go ahead and wait and do it the right way. And I think you'll be very pleased that you did that in the long run. You know, you just talked about your wife learning the language and you learning it as well. And I think that is really touches on something that's important because oftentimes when when you think of the missionary, and this is, I don't, I don't agree that this is the right way to look at it, but we often think of the husband. You mm-hmm. know, the husband's the missionary, yeah. and, and so he's got to learn the language. Well, that wife needs to learn that language too. If, Absolutely. If this is going to be her home where mm-hmm. she's going to be living, she needs yeah. to learn that language. She needs to learn how to feel confident to go into a market and and just yeah. conduct normal business. To fellowship with to people at talk, church. Yeah, talk to talk to women at church. And and I remember being in a country where the husband was learning the language. And they had been there a few years, and, and he was able to even preach some. He was still growing in his knowledge, but he was to the point where he could preach in, in this language. Mm-hmm. But the wife knew very, very little. I mean, mm. I'm talking like very basics. And so I remember seeing them at church where he's up there and he's communicating and he's talking to folks, and she was by herself just with her kids. Right. And this was the, being on the ground there years. And she wouldn't go out to the market by herself. Yeah. She had to have the husband go with her. She did. She lacked all the confidence and the ability to do life. Mm. Well, if that happens, your tenure on the field is not going to last very long yeah. because you're, yeah. when the wife's kind of walls just close in to be Completely just home, isolated. husband, and kids, mm. you, that million miles away is going to feel like a billion miles away, and this is going to be the last place yeah. you want to be at. Mm-hmm. And so I remember saying to them, look, this has got to be a priority mm-hmm. that she has to learn these two. You know, and they had kids, and so it was like, well, how are we going to watch these kids? I was like, mm-hmm. I don't care, but you have to come up with some plan. You have to come yeah. up with something mm-hmm. to make it work where she learns this language as well. It's yeah. critically important mm-hmm. for it, success on the yeah. field. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's critically important because you want your wife to be involved in ministry, and maybe somebody does say, like you just did, well, she's she's homeschooling. She doesn't have that much time for ministry work right now. That is her ministry, the kids, and so on and so forth. Fine, but but she can't be isolated for her whole life, right. and, and we aren't designed to live uh, amongst people and not be able to communicate with people. And so, just the fact that she would feel completely isolated and alienated from everybody else, and then also having her husband being able to communicate and interact and have that that social interaction is going to eventually cause some problems even in the relationship between husband and wife. It's so critical that both husband and wife learn the language. It's critical that the children do uh, learn the language as well, but but the truth of the matter is they learn it a lot quicker and a lot easier because their brains 
aren't going through that rewiring process that the adult brain goes through when it looks like it's going recovering from a stroke. The younger brain is designed to be by our creator to be able to handle learning languages. Yep. I think the whole family has to learn language. You you used a word that I want to touch on, and that was that she didn't have the confidence to uh, to maybe go to the marketplace and all. I would say this: anybody who's learned a foreign language, and, and especially in the in the context in which we're speaking, where you're going to have to speak that on a regular basis, probably you don't have confidence for a very, very long time. People always ask the question, are you fluent? And they use certain measures, are you fluent? Do you dream in that language? That means you're fluent. It doesn't mean you're fluent. (laughs) Uh, Do you think in that language? uh, Yes, but that doesn't mean you're fluent. And it surely doesn't mean that you're confident. And one of the things that you have to learn uh, in life, but especially in language school, is you're going to have to learn, number one, I am going to make mistakes. Number two, those are going to be very funny to people. Yes. And and you're going to have to learn to laugh. I remember, um, just quickly, one, one example. I was preaching in our church in Quebec. Our people were so kind and generous, and I, I knew that I— I had some things with the language that I still needed to work out in. And I remember using as an illustration the the beauty of Quebec sunsets. And I was just waxing eloquent on how beautiful sunsets are in Quebec. Yeah. Just going on and on about it. Well, there's only one syllable difference in the French language between saying and speaking about the sunset and the diaper that the son wears. <laughs> <laughs> I see where this is going. <laughs> and and our church sat and listened and never even reacted. And afterwards, one of the men came to me and he was kind of chuckling and, and I knew and I thought, and I said to him, I said, what did I say? Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. said, I never knew that the son wore diapers. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I, I told the church the next service, I said, I appreciate that you're kind to me as I'm learning the language, but I really need for you to laugh at me at those points. And and I need that help. Uh, but if you can't take that, it's going to be difficult for you to learn the language. It really is. You've hit on a few points there. One, you have to laugh at yourself. You have mm-hmm. to have a spirit of, I'm going to make mistakes. I can't get frustrated. I yeah. can't beat myself up it's over gonna this. It's going to get frustrating, but you got to go on. Yeah, you have to. You think about it, flip, flip it around the other way. When someone comes to our country here in the United States and they're mm-hmm. trying to speak English, someone from mm-hmm. overseas, and you know English is their second language, mm-hmm. or often the case is third, third language or even fourth language, because mm-hmm. most people know more languages than just yeah. their national language. And we appreciate when they're trying to speak English mm-hmm. to us here. They may not get all the syntax right. They may mm-hmm. not get all the, the perfect grammar. Mm-hmm. But we totally appreciate that fact. Mm-hmm. And, and most of us are not going to make fun of them. And, but we're just glad to see them trying. And mm-hmm. it helps us communicate. We'll flip that when you get the missionary on the foreign field. People do have an appreciation that you're trying. They see the effort. And especially when you have languages that are a bit more taxing to learn. Yeah. Mandarin. Japanese, right. some of these others, Thai. Mm-hmm. Um, when when you're learning that, the folks appreciate the effort that you're making. And so you may beat yourself up over the fact that, oh, I can't communicate. But there is something where people want to see you succeed and they want to mm-hmm. kind of cheer you on even in your inadequacy yeah. of the language. Mm-hmm. 
and and it, I just think it's a neat thing to see. Now I know one of the things that missionaries have shared with me a lot is just how you feel so, I guess, infantile in <laughs> when you first learning a language. Sure. That first time you got to get up in front of a uh, a congregation and speak and preach, mm-hmm. and your vocabulary is kindergarten level or first grade level, mm-hmm. and that's all you know. You just know yeah. basic words right. and and things of that nature, and you got to get up there and speak to adults. And how humbling yeah. that is. How, in some ways, even embarrassing that mm-hmm. is. But to push past all that, to say, I I have a great message to communicate, and if all I can communicate to these folks is in my kind of first grade foreign language knowledge that I have. Then I'm going to do that. And again, I think people appreciate the effort and the hard work that you're putting in to even be able to mm-hmm. communicate on that first grade level. Yeah. yeah, I mean, before you even get in the pulpit, first day of language school, you're going to realize this is going to be a humbling event mm. because you literally, even in French, uh, which was the language that we had to learn, you have to go in and start from, I've got to learn the alphabet again. Literally have to yeah. learn the alphabet and how to pronounce the letters again. And it's amazing. Uh, we can do the alphabet, all of us as adults, forward, backward, start in the middle, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will find yourself as an adult struggling to recite the alphabet in that foreign language <laughs> for days and, and past that. It is It is really one of those events in life that can be very humbling, very challenging, um, and it's very, very important to keep your focus on why you're doing that, and that is that we've got this message that the world needs to know, and for better or for worse, I used to say to my language teacher often, that wasn't a funny thing that God did at Babel. <laughs> it really wasn't. <laughs> and uh, Amen. <laughs> and, and, you know, for better or for worse— the whole world doesn't speak English. They they speak their own languages, and you've got to take the time to learn to speak those languages and or the language. Um, you know, like I mentioned, Greenland, we've got missionaries going there. They, they literally have two languages they have to learn to be able to effectively operate in the country. Uh, Danish to deal with government issues and those things, and then Greenlandic to minister to people on a day-to-day basis. And so... It, it, it can be it can be very very challenging. Then you add into the mix that we are learning not just regular everyday language, but theological language as well, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't a part of most cultures that we're going to. Yes. And that that is something on its own. Then the uh, the idioms, the different ways. The one I use most frequently is we always say it, it's raining cats and dogs. I don't know where that came from, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Uh, you Absolutely. go you go over to f- the French side of things, and they have two ways that they'll refer to that. Both of them make a lot more sense, and it's it's because most languages outside of English are are very literal. Uh, French is a very very literal language. You have to learn that that you can't do sarcasm in French like we do, and it's also a very subtle language, and so you have to be very careful. But idioms like it's raining cats and dogs, well, in French, they would say if it's raining really hard, it's raining nails, 
or like nails. They wouldn't actually say it's raining nails because that would be literal nails yep. falling from the sky, but it's it's like it's raining nails. Or they would say, uh, it's raining so hard I could drink standing up. In other words, I could I could tilt my head back and get a full drink because of how hard it's raining. So you have to learn those things as well along the way. Yeah, and it's it is a challenge because we're so as as Western speakers so ingrained with our phraseologies and our mm-hmm. cliches and our idioms mm-hmm. and they don't translate in any mm-hmm. way overseas. Yeah. And even if you're using a translator, that's what I use when I go to some of these countries is I use a translator. And I have to be very careful to make sure to remove from my my statements any of the phrases that are that are idioms or, or, or mm-hmm. cliches because I know what I want to say, but that translator doesn't know. And then he doesn't know how to communicate it to those, those right, national folks. Right. And so yeah. it just creates this thing. Yeah. It's a constant thought process, mm-hmm. constant thought. Yeah. I, I want to close with this as we, we come closer to our time. Language learning is hard. We've, is. we've obviously talked about that. It's taxing. Mm-hmm. It's it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it, it it takes a long time mm-hmm. to do it to do it well. David Harris, our uh, Far East director who served in mm-hmm. in uh, Japan for 24 years, he often makes the joke. It's it's after the first 25 years that you finally feel comfortable in somewhat speaking <laughs> Japanese. Yeah. There's all those things, and I would say that it's one of those things that. Language learning hinders a lot of people. The fear of language learning mm. hinders some folks from surrendering to missions because they'll mm-hmm. say, I could never learn the language. Now, yeah. I will take myself as an example. Like I said, my parents, I should be a trilingual person, mm-hmm. but I'm not. But, you know, my heart was truly, if God had moved me to a place, now God brought me to Australia. That was not my, you know, I didn't <laughs> like, oh, where do I want to go? Oh, they speak English. I'll go there. But, I still was willing to do whatever God wanted. And if he would have moved me to a third, to another language place, mm-hmm. I would have went. And I would have put the hard work in to do it. Mm-hmm. I may sh- I may not have waxed eloquent all my years, but I was going to do what it, whatever God wanted me to do. So I know there's so many people who say, oh, mm-hmm. I can never learn a language. I can never mm-hmm. do that at all. I would just like to encourage you, don't let that stop you. We do serve a God who did create the tongue, who mm-hmm. did divide the languages. He can help with languages. Who we, we believe in the cessation of some of the spiritual gifts that happened there at the apostolic days, but he sure could make it happen then. He could help us learn and grasp some of those things so that we can communicate the greatest truth. Think of that verse in, in 2 Corinthians that, we have this great treasure in earthly vessels, mm-hmm. and, and we're just an earthly vessel, mm-hmm. vessel, but we have yeah. such a great treasure that we can communicate. Mm-hmm. It's worth the effort to try to communicate it, and I don't mm-hmm. want to let the fear of learning a new language or my, or my lack of confidence that I can learn a language stop me from doing what I need to do, what God's calling me to do. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. The truth of the matter is, to learn that foreign language in a way that you need to learn it to be able to communicate the gospel, most of us probably don't have it in us to do that. And for those of us who maybe, and those who might say, I could never do that, we have a great promise. And I would often think of of First uh, Timothy uh, 1 and verse 12 during language school, where Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. The truth of the matter is, none of us is cut out 
mm-hmm. to to do ministry. It's all enabling of God. And if God says, "Look, it, I'm going to pick you up out of uh, out of English speaking United States, wherever that is, and put you in a place where they don't speak your language." Along with God putting you there, God will put the enablement as well. Mm. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden you'll speak French or Japanese automatically. Right. You're still going to have to put right. some work in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but there is that great promise, and you can trust that God doesn't make mistakes. If if He puts you in a French-speaking place, a place where they speak Japanese or some other language, He was aware of that when He sent you there. Yeah, and, that's right. And He st- He still chose to send you there knowing that he has also enabled you and given you the abilities to to learn that language. Now, you're going to have to work at it, and it's going to be hard. Uh, But it will be, I'll tell you what, the first time that you get to share the gospel with somebody in in a language that you've been struggling and working at and toiling at, and, and, and you see them respond, and they receive Jesus Christ as Savior, I guarantee you the hours of misery in language school will all evaporate, and um, it will be worth every single moment that you think, man, I that's what I was working for all this time. And then God honored that and let me be a part of seeing somebody trust Christ as Savior and then maybe discipling them and seeing that, that process. It will be worth every bit of the sometimes the misery of language school. There's so much more to be said about uh, the importance of learning a language. I am glad that at BIMI, as a a policy, really, we require our missionaries who are going to be serving in a place where they speak another language to take the time and effort to learn that language. It's not going to be enough just to work with the translator. By the way, if you don't know what the translator is saying, you're really putting a lot of faith in that person. Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad that at BIMI, you've got to learn the language of the country. I've heard to. it said over and over and over again from in the walls of this building that when you get to the field, that is your job, learn the language. Mm-hmm. Everyone is. wants to say, oh, my job, start the church. Mm-hmm. No, your first job is to learn the language mm-hmm. because if you learn the language, you can then start the church right. in a sense. Absolutely. And so you have to get that right. That That yeah. is priority number one. Yep. <laughs> We are glad that you have listened with us again today, and we hope that this is helpful. For those who are considering uh, missionary work and and going off to a foreign field and and considering the fact that you'll have to learn another language, I want to encourage you. uh, It can be done. I've gone through it. It, It's a lot of work, but it's worth it all. Uh, If this podcast is helpful to you, uh, we would encourage you to share it with somebody else. Uh, If you have any comments, if you have a topic you'd like for us to cover, contact us. Our contact information is in the show notes. We count it a privilege to meet with you each week like this. And so thank you for taking the time to listen. Until next week, have a great week in the Lord.